To Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we are your co-hosts. So um, we're getting cozy this week. And I'm excited because I'm talking about chicory, which we did like mildly shit talk before this just a little bit. But honestly, like it is a great additive into coffee. But it's not caffeinated. So to me, I'm like, it is not a substitute. But we're not in the Civil War in like the 1800s anymore. So, you know, hopefully we don't have to worry about that. Well, apparently uh, they started using it in France because of a coffee shortage as that was unrelated to a war. Just a sort of, yeah. you know, like a. And then and then the French came to America and they were like, oh, New Orleans is the biggest like coffee port in the country. And then we have a civil war. Hey, y'all remember this chicory thing? What if? It's 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 classic. Um, but no, I'm talking about <laughs> Hobbit Girl Fall, uh, which is yeah. uh, very it's 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 conceptual, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm really into it. I think that this is like we're recording this on the day of the like end of daylight savings time. So I'm just like, it's about to be go to work in the dark, wake up in the dark, get home in the dark. Everything's gonna be dark. So uh, those of you with seasonal uh, depression, get your lamps. <laughs> yeah, get your lamps. Um, but for the rest no, but of us, I, I'm stoked. <laughs> but no, it's going to be fun. But before we get into any and all of that, because there is a list for Hobbit Girl Fall uh, of things that we're going to be talking about. Um, when did you feel the magic this week? Uh, you know, I, I could say it was when I was like literally two feet from Pedro Pascal, but that doesn't feel fair. Um, but I was two feet from Pedro Pascal last night. Anyway, I think for me though, really it is like, I I got my Vivance prescription back, which I think has obviously helped. Um, but I'm doing a lot of like, oh yeah. Right. Um, turns out there are like no 20 milligram Vivances in Los Angeles. I got like the last 16 at my CVS because the woman, like I called and I was like, seriously, there's no update. It's been three weeks. I'm, this has been really hard. And she was like, well, I have 16. I can give those to you. And she was like, I've got a lot of people waiting, but you're getting them. So like, that was kind of magic. Um, (laughs) but also I do think it's like, I, I was talking to Nick before this, I've been, um, like slowly doing like another, like painting project and I'm repainting my kitchen and you know I painted the walls dark green and the ceiling above the sink is like metallic gold and now I am painting the doors like the shutter doors to my kitchen metallic gold which I'm very excited about and can I also just say I'm pro shutter doors on your kitchen open concepts make it really hard to dust because grease because grease yeah yeah no, I like your I like your little kitchen nook. Yeah. Because I know there's like the doors on the other side that y'all just generally don't open. So it really does feel like it's in a little. Yeah. Little and it's nook. like the other ones, it's it's nice to keep one side of it closed because also I'm like anyone that has pets, if if that was like if ever both of those were open, it would become a fucking racetrack. And I'm not about Oh that. my god. No. Not not the Willow racetrack. 
Oh my god, yeah. She would be fucking sliding into walls because it is also all wood and tile downstairs. <laughs> oh, good lord. But no, so yeah, love we love the Nook Kitchen. Okay, so you kind of have to like imagine this though. So on my nightly walk, there is uh, a little quarry lake that's at the corner of the domain. Like I know you know what I'm talking about, but like nobody else out there yeah. will. Um, and they've re- they've like cleared it and they've like moved a bunch of the like old live oaks around it, and it's kind of like there's a little walking trail, right? Like it's one of those sort of generic urban water feature, but it is like a little piece of man-made nature that is near where I live. Um, but there's all these buildings around it. And anyway, I was walking the other night and it was just like smooth as glass. And it literally looked like a portal to another dimension with all of the buildings around it. And Ooh. I, w- I was like, I'm going to fall in. Um, You're like, also, take me now, portal to another universe, please. <laughs> like, please take me now. No, because there was this like no wind, there was no waves, there was no ducks. It just looked like a clear sort of just hole into another dimension. And I, it was such a- It like peaked. Peak spooky fall. Peak spooky fall. And also, yeah, we did have all that rain recently, too. So it's, like, pretty deep comparatively to how it usually is. But, um, yeah, I don't... I I really can't describe just, like, the feeling of, like, being in a weird liminal space. I mean, yeah, I think that is the descriptor. A weird liminal space. (laughs) Like, the, the, the veil was, like, super thin right there yeah you're just like if i accepted food from any like passers-by right now i would never leave bay right um but no it was one of those things where it's like are we the reflection of the other the other universe or are they the reflection of us hmm? 4k no los dos my friend like who's who's in the pond Maybe I'm in I'm in the pond, you know, like, what about that? Maybe, maybe we're all in the pond. Um, but <laughs> no, so, but it really was, it really was kind of spooky. And I was completely alone, which, you know, as like a dude, I feel comfortable walking alone at night most of the time. But sometimes it's like, ooh, it is kind of spooky, like, to just not yeah. see people out on the streets. I mean, look, Eric and I talk about this all the time, too, when we watch, like, ghost shows and stuff where people try to, like, explain away, like, creepy things in nature. And they're like, oh, that must have just been a person. And I'm like, okay, but, like, is it creepier if it's a ghost or a person? I think it's creepier if it's another person. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what are you doing out at, like, one or two in the morning? Yeah, being a spooky person that I do not know and I do not trust. Um. Any hoozle, like, do you want me to hop in with chicory and then we can just get all like hobbity? Yeah, I I feel like that's the flow this week for sure because Hobbit Girl Fall is going to be super fun. Yeah, and like chicory is exciting, but it's not a hugely like robust topic because um it's a tasty bevy. I think that like chicory. I mean, okay, so anyone who doesn't know. Chicory, um, or I'm like the the Latin for it is uh 
Trichorium intibus. So the other names for it, it goes by things like blue daisy, uh, blue dandelion, blue sailors, bunk, coffee weed, horseweed, ragged sailors, suckery, wild bachelor's buttons, wild endive. But they're they're super, super cute. I mean, I think that if you've ever had chicory like coffee, but you haven't seen what it looks like, I promise you it's cuter than you imagine. But it's it's a perennial, it's herbaceous, it's got these like bright blue flower heads. They flower for one day and they close up by noon. So we're getting like morning glory vibes. Uh, they can get to be about a meter tall and they have a really, really long taproot. Um, again, it's giving dandelion vibes, but it's blue. The the leaves are also edible, of course, but like really the roots is where it's at. But they're they're gorgeous flowers. Like they're just they're so pretty. They've kind of become naturalized all over the place. But the the thing about it is like again, the root, right? So people like roast it. And once it's like dried and roasted, it gets the kind of like nutty, bitter flavor, very similar to ground coffee beans. Um, and if you've ever been to Cafe du Monde, their coffee is a coffee and chicory mix. So, you know, with your beignets, if you're getting a cup of their like house made coffee, that's what it is. So it, it is a bitter astringent medicine. It does have like also a cooling and cleansing action that I think reminds you a lot of coffee in certain ways, but it's also great for your liver, right? So let's talk about like, originally it like there's folk magic for this and folk remedies for it, like all over Europe. They say there's a different name for chicory in every European country. The Romans used it. Pliny the Elder wrote about it. Um, traditionally it was used for things like people that, you know, had constipation, um, especially if they were like rooted in like liver dysfunction, but also for the treatment of gout and rheumatic complaints. So, you know, we're going to get into some of like the actual like current medicinal uses, but if we're going to go through this long laundry list of actions, it is anti-inflammatory, anti-humatic, it's astringent, bitter, it's a cholagogue, de, uh, depurative, diuretic, galactagogue, hepatic, hep hepatoprotective, a laxative, and a stomachic. Like, y'all are getting the sense here, right? It's a bitter. And it functions a lot like dandelion. And depending on who you talk to, some people think it's better than dandelion. I tend to think dandelion tastes a little better as just like a straight tea than chicory does. Chicory to me is a bit warmer um, for sure. Like I, I, always kind of thought, like I always thought chicory, if, if you're pretending that chicory is coffee, it's like if you put a little black pepper in coffee, which I also uh, used to do and am kind of craving right now. So maybe I'll do that sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean when I say it's like, it's got kind of like a warming sensation to it. It does have that like kind of peppery thing. Whereas like roasted dandelion root, I think is kind of, it's more nutty and it's not nearly as bitter. Um, but let's let's talk about some of the, the medicinal uses for it, right? So disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast, it's not intended to treat or diagnose anything. Uh, always talk to your doctor before you start a new herbal regimen. 
So really in modern medicine, it's mostly used as a mild digestive tonic, a lot like dandelion. It's recommended for things like liver and kidney complaints. It's considered a digestive tonic. Um, And you can also, though, apply it if you're someone that has hyperglycemia, which is, you know, someone in particular that has uh, sugar cravings with their excessive appetite. And it can also reduce heat and inflammation within the digestive tract. And gallstones are one of the ways that some herbalists will recommend it to, like, help expel, um, expel gallstones. But, you know, again, if you've got gallstones, I love herbal medicine. Work with an herbalist and a doctor. You only get, like, one gallbladder. Be careful. It does have that kind of like what they refer to as blood purifying action that you see a lot of, you know, liver supporting herbs uh, described as having. So they do suggest it for things like rheumatism and gout because it helps with inflammatory uh, musculoskeletal issues because it helps improve the elimination of uric acid. And uric acid buildup like is the thing that causes gout. But for people that have rheumatism, you know, that excess uric acid, getting rid of it can also help sort of alleviate some of like the swelling and the pain that you get with it. Um, But also it could be helpful if you've got like high fevers or inflammation during any sort of infection. So, you know, if you're somebody that really loves your morning cup of coffee and you have like the flu, maybe doing like a cup of chicory instead of coffee, because you're not supposed to have a lot of caffeine if you're already sick, but you can get that kind of like pseudo coffee effect, but also be helping with your, you know, your body. So there have been some like good research studies on it. I mean, the primary medicinal constituents that we see in it are like aniline, um, sesquiterpene, lactones, and of course, like lots of pungent bitters. But the inulin portion of the plant helps reduce lipid levels in the bloodstream. So that's, you know, when you're thinking about the cholesterol issues that a lot of us have, this can actually help, you know, alleviate some of that. Um, but as they also did this like really interesting review on metabolic health and the effect of chicory on the glycemic index actually showed like a really positive improvement in blood glucose index in 15 out of 19 studies. So, you know, there's a lot of potentially good stuff here, but to me, it all does also kind of like really harken back to what we see with a lot of like digestive bitters and also coffee. Um, There was a clinical trial on it for, you know, the effects on inulin and constipated elderly people in particular. And it, it did have really positive effects. But I think the one that is the most interesting to me personally is they did um, a randomized study uh, about the effects of enriched chicory inulin on liver enzymes, calcium homeostasis, and hematological parameters in patients with type 2 diabetes. So 46 diabetic females were put either into like the chicory inulin group to take a dose of 10 grams a day um, versus a placebo group. And so they did this for two months. And the study showed that the um, oligofructose-enriched chicory inulin had positive effects on glucose and calcium homeostasis. They improved liver function tests and blood pressure with a reduction in hematological risk factors and women with diabetes. So, you know, they haven't obviously done it on both genders, but I was also just stoked because I'm like, and what other research studies are we like? Well, they've only studied it in women. Um, (laughs) It's like always the opposite. 
but you know, I have, I have people in my family that I love that have, you know, died from complications of diabetes. So I was, I was personally really excited that that seems to be an area that chicory is potentially really promising. So, you know, we can talk about growing it a little bit. You know, it's, it's been a big plant and gardening for a long time. Um, it was one of the 25 herbs that Charlemagne insisted on having in his garden. Um, I know it's Charlemagne, but uh, Charlemagne is how Mr. Hogg said it. And so that is how I still say it in my head sometimes when I read it. So it's also, uh, you know, the, the Thomas influence Jefferson. of Mr. Hogg. Oh, literally never, ever going to end. Um, So in addition to Charlemagne growing it in his gardens, Thomas Jefferson planted it at Monticello in 1774 as a ground cover, but he also used it to like feed his cattle and for his, you know, salads and shit. He also was like trying to get George Washington to grow it. Apparently like Thomas Jefferson was like a fucking hype man for chicory. Um, Carl Linnaeus listed chicory in his like theoretical floral clock because it, the blooms like open reliably with the rising sun and they close at noon. Um, but they're, they're great garden plants because not only, um, are they gorgeous, but each petal of the flower is actually its own flower because it has pollen bearing and pollen receiving parts in each petal, which makes like pollinating really efficient but also it's great for bees because it's like every petal has its own little pollen source and chicory seeds are also really good food for goldfinches so you know cute um it's a cool season plant you know it does prefer temperatures between like 45 and 75 degrees loamy soil it'll be ready to harvest like 85 to 100 days from planting if you're trying to eat it for salad um the young leaves are really like the tastiest but I think the thing that's great about it is it's also like really good for growing in pots, right? Um, if you're trying to get it to flower, it'll usually flower in the second year. So, you know, pot it up, you know, keep it moist. If it gets too hot outside, move it into the shade or bring it in for the heat of the day. And, you know, you'll get some really cute little chicory blooms. You won't get the super intense tap roots that you get if you grow it in the ground. But, you know, growing chicory is going to be challenging in a lot of areas where it is getting really, 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 really hot these days. So I think that, you know, the trade-off for getting slightly shorter tap roots is fine, right? Like, I think that that shorter tap root is uh, better than not being able to grow it at all. But because it is, you know, kind of naturalized all over the place, you know, it is something that in parts of the country... And in Europe, you can definitely um, you can definitely probably wild forage it. But please remember, if you're doing it, especially with something that's got like a massive taproot, you need to be really careful about how close you are to like roads, buildings that might have lead paint. You know, just remember that they're really going to be like kicking up stuff in the soil. So be careful. Um, obviously, when you're harvesting it, y'all know the nutrients fall down. So you're going to harvest the roots in the autumn. So let's um let's talk about magic, though, right? So this cutie is associated with the sun, with the air element. Um, You know, it's, it's originally for a very, very long time, it was grown along the banks of the Nile in Egypt. And then the Dutch in the 18th century brought it to Europe. 
which where is it like spread so i'm like if you're someone that's interested in egyptian magic like chicory flowers i think would be excellent offerings for a lot of egyptian deities um i i would definitely highly recommend it for that but having that like air magic with it too i love the idea of doing like some morning meditation with it especially outdoors you know it's something that really is going to have a lot of that like morning power and that air element being open only up until noon to me is giving like fey magic vibes too. So I, I like the idea of like planting it in a fairy garden, but also, you know, just again, doing some meditation with it. I think air associated plants are really great if you're thinking about going and like sitting and trying to get, you know, wisdom from the plants anything that has like air as one of its associations is going to be strong for that. Um, with that being said, you can also burn it. So you can make, you know, smoke cleansing wands with chicory leaves. You can use those for cleansing your house, but also it's like, if you're trying to do sort of prophetic work using, um, a smoke cleansing bundle of chicory, I think could be great, you know, mix it in there with some like really protective stuff like sage and rosemary. And you've got something that's going to like smell pretty delicious. I do have to say that there are some old grimoires that believe that uh, if you used it in a certain way, it could make you invisible. I'm not sure how much credence I would put into that one. Um, (laughs) But there are also a lot of old grimoires that say that um, it has the ability to open a locked door if placed against them. But I think that, you know, it's you can think about that instead of being like a literal way to unlock doors thinking about it as a road opener and I think that all kind of again ties into that psychic power right but the idea of it unlocking doors I think using it for road opening spells is really powerful um of course it's like great for Midsummer's Eve and stuff because it is it's got a very intense solar energy But with it being a road opener, I would also say, you know, maybe, maybe it's great for doing some uh, sleep sachets. As shocking, shocking as it may be that we're going to talk about a sleep sachet, I think this would be really good in one. I would definitely add in some protective herbs because to me, I think that like road opening type herbs, unlocking type plants, like it's really powerful, but I always want to just be like, but make sure you're still putting some bumpers up, you know, like put up a little bit of protective energy along with that because you don't want to just like blow the barn doors open because then anything can come in. Right. Oh yeah. So gotta, yeah. Gotta I mean, protect, that's... Your, protect your energy folks. Yeah, exactly. So um, my sources today, I use magical recipes online, which was great. Um, the herb society of America, herbalreality.com and y'all know I went to Cafe Du Monde's website. Love that. Y'all know. Love that. And I, <laughs> I I, was just gonna say with the effects that it has herbally, I feel like chicory coffee needs to be served in New Orleans with their like culture of food and drinking. Oh yeah. And the yeah. fact that it's served with a deep fried dough covered in powdered sugar, it's like, there's your diabetes right there. Yeah, but don't worry. You've got chicory coffee. You got some chicory um, coffee. 
so yeah, and I think the cool thing about that is like you can buy Cafe Du Monde coffee grounds, you know, even outside of Louisiana. So if you're somebody who likes it, you know, buy yourself some and like do your like road opening psychic magic work with it while you sit in the garden hanging out with the Fae in the morning, you know, while it's like nice and chilly in the autumn morning. I'm into it. Oh, yeah. I love uh, when it's chilly and like foggy on an autumn morning. Oh, yeah. That like damp autumn air is so Uh. good. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And I know that it's trying to make me sick. I know that, but I still love it. Yeah, it's fine. I'm in an abusive relationship with the fall. I am allergic mm. to autumn. It's like when my allergies get like the worst. Mm. So same, you know. same, same, same. Um. So yeah, that's, that's great. But so let's get into it. Let's get into, okay. So I feel like sliding into Scorpio season to me really is like the the true end of summer because and the beginning of fall because honestly in Texas especially it's like it is it is summer in Libra season yeah I mean look it would be cute if it wasn't but it's fall by like November in a lot of the country nowadays so with that being said, it's finally here and it does feel like, a, you know, it's like it just drops and it's like, oh, yes, it is fall. Um, and I'm and I'm here for it and I love it. And I'm I, so. But yeah, summer, I feel like I'm I'm a crackhead. I, I can be out and about with just, you know, a tote bag for days at a time just Mm. doing random shit right oh yeah but it's fall i'm i'm inside i'm making soups i'm enjoying uh many different blankets and robes uh i'm thinking about my home and like nesting kind of ways and i i just feel like it's very hobbity yeah, the more the I, more I, I feel think it. about it. I mean, the way I've been talking about like painting my kitchen, I'm like, oh yeah, of course it's fall. My ass is getting ready to hunker down. It's it's hunker down time, and it's I don't know it it feels very like Hestia and Frigg. I, okay, but Frigg is a friggin' Scorpio. <laughs> like yeah, living at the bottom of the ocean. You know, just being a bad bitch, but like also living at the bottom of the ocean is the most Scorpio ass shit I've ever heard. Oh yeah, down there with all the fucking terrifying weird ass like octopi. Yeah, Ex- yeah, okay, um, <laughs> okay, Scorpio, <laughs> but but I also feel like that that living at the bottom of the ocean is also very hunker down, and also I do want to say Frigg was also the hearth goddess. Uh, at times so uh, but it's feeling very hearthy don't you feel that kind of in the air it's very hearthy oh yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean look y'all i got a i got a peppermint mocha today it's it's time it is time um but so with that being said i feel like this is just kind of a fun time to talk about cozy fall vibes 
Uh, and I do feel like it is the return. This is the time that is the return to materialism. Like the dark half of the year is like the material girl side of the year. Well, Which, yeah, because you can't you can't grow it yourself. You cannot grow it yourself. But it's like stuff is so much more important this time of year. Like literally the stuff in your house is your environment that you have to live in because you can't fucking go outside because it's cold. Um, yeah. That's why I'm like spring cleaning is literally just the bookend to fall nesting. Oh, yeah, because you got to nest up. And I do, I, I feel like a little rodent, you know, like making my little nest for the winter. Oh, yeah, I feel like the mole and Thumbelina. Well, I mean, to use like a much more like, like maybe almost too realistic example, it's like at work, we have... um we're close to some parks so some field mice have been like cleaning out some of the cushions on the couches um like the outdoor like the outdoor couches and it's like they're definitely taking that somewhere to line their little holes with oh yeah they're they're getting ready for their winter their winter away especially because in texas y'all could have a mild winter or a blizzard or a blizzard which you know i mean I don't know if uh, if field mice have good ancestral memories, but I'm sure that was not the best time for them when there was literally a full-blown blizzard. Yeah, I can't imagine that the mice in central Texas were prepared for that. <laughs> um, but no, I do feel very nesty this time of year. And I wanted to talk about uh, cozy reading notes, which was kind of like my inspiration for... Uh, my lamp purchase that I did not that long ago, which is, you know, and I know that podcasting is a non-visual medium, but I'm going to describe it, okay? So it's like a wicker lamp, right? And it is warm light only because fuck a cool light. Okay, warm light only, but it is hanging in such a way above my bed that I can have uh, a cozy reading nook moment so and i almost kind of want to put up like a little little curtains or something because just to just to trap the light in even more because i don't know i i've always i've always wanted like a uh, canopy for poster bed and yeah yeah like that is an expensive ask I mean, because basically, I don't know why this is, because it literally seems like it'd be simple just to have, like, you know, a place to put draperies. Like, I don't know, but somehow it has to be, like, $3,000 for a canopy bed or more. And it's like, I don't, I don't have that for a, you know, for a bed, for a bed frame. But um, I do love the idea of making little nooks in your house. Well, because remember, I had the folding screen in my studio apartment, too. Like, I literally, I love a cozy nook. Oh, yeah. Uh, even in small spaces, it's like, make it smaller. I want it cozier. I want it just, like, to be just fucking tucked, it, tucked in there, tucked into my cozy little nook, you know? <laughs> um, 
and I'll never leave. Yeah, speaking of mice, like, building out their little, like, stuffing filled mouse hole. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, it's, like I said, I feel like this season, Scorpio, Scorpios in general, but also, like, you know, just kind of feeling out the seasons, Scorpio does not get enough credit. Or I guess not credit, but recognition for how materialistic they them and their time of year are. Because this think about it, it's oh, also like Christmas yeah. shopping season. Which if you really think about it, like how many times are you like out Christmas shopping and you literally just are end up buying stuff that you want because it's like there and it's on sale? I, like for yourself. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. Are there people that don't do that? Because those people are also known as liars. Yeah, it's like you literally buy, you just buy stuff you want and then get everyone candles. <laughs> I mean, look, when you're right, you're right. And I feel like that's Scorpio, that Scorpio season, y'all. It it just feels right for them. Um, but also, yeah, it's like, it is it is very materialism culture. And, you know, like they just have to live with the fact that that's part of who they are. Um, but okay, also while we're talking about hobbits, Hobbit Girl Fall, I wanted to talk about soup recipes. So so Shannon, do you have you ha, do you have any good soup recipes that are on your radar? Uh have you made any good soup recipes recently? I'm I'm literally dying to know. Yeah, I mean, I am making lamb stew tonight. So I didn't talk about this on the podcast yet, I guess, because it happened this week. So normally on Samhain, I make my lamb stew. Um, that didn't happen because I got bit by a dog the night before uh, Samhain, like pretty significantly to the point where I had to do, I had to like go on antibiotics for a week and I'm going to have a nasty ass scar. Um, so I didn't get to make my Samhain lamb stew, but I'm making it tonight actually uh, because I've been painting the kitchen all weekend and then I'm going to cook tonight. So I always start obviously with a mirepoix because you just do. And I get like thyme and rosemary and I, I like bundle those up together and toss them in with that while I'm sauteing everything down. Um, a metric fuck ton of garlic just until it feels right. And then I pull all that out and in the like, I like will add it all back in, right? So I pull all that out though once it's been sauteing and it's all like sweated out. And then in that like, crunchy goop that's where I like do the cubes of the lamb and I brown them all the way around before I like add all the veg back in and add in a bit of my tomato paste to kind of just like get the soup like thickening up uh and a tiny bit of flour because I did grow up super close to Louisiana and we all make roux for our soups and I didn't know that was a thing that people didn't do um but I digress. So, and then I deglaze it with Guinness. And then after I've kind of like deglazed the pan, I fill it up with whatever broth I'm working with at the moment. And then I toss the lamb back in and, you know, the bundled herbs and everything. And then I just kind of let it go until it feels done. And I love that. I, I love a stew. But also when you said I deglaze with Guinness, my mouth literally started watering. I mean, it is the best. And like, sometimes I'll add potatoes and sometimes I'll add parsnips, like whatever root vegetable I add. It's like, 
I usually do that close to the end because y'all, I don't know uh, how much soup y'all are making, but if you put your potatoes in at the beginning, they'll disintegrate. And like, if you actually want to have chunks of root vegetables, you kind of need to like put them in closer to the end so they get cooked, but don't get, you know, completely liquefied. I, I yeah, I, I love, I love a stew. I love a beef stew. Um, I, I like to do kind of like a ghetto version of like a beef bourguignon, you know, like, because mm. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not, I'm absolutely 100p not going to be spending all day cooking a beef bourguignon. It's literally just fancy beef stew and you can get there in like three hours. So yeah. I think my other go-to soup, Nick, and I really credit this to you getting me into it, is split pea soup. Oh, I love a split pea soup. We used to bust out some of the best split pea soups in our apartment kitchen. I mean, truly. Because, y'all, do you know how cheap ham hocks are? Buy yourself Mm. a ham hock to pop in the pot with your split peas. It will change your life for, like, $2.50. For, like, $2.50. No, and that's one of those things where I feel like with with the inflation of it all that I think, I mean, is that just here or is that like worldwide? I'm like. I don't know. People that are not in America, tell us. Is it happening uh, to y'all too? Because shit's rough over here. So I'm like, I feel like I, I have been kind of leaning on uh, some of these kind of like what I call like Great Depression recipes. And like, I know that it was probably much, much, much bleaker than now. Uh, But yeah, where it's like, you know, like split peas with a ham hock literally comes out to like 50 cents a serving if it's fancy and like less than that if it's just literally split peas and a ham hock and maybe a bouillon cube, you know, but even that's still good. Yeah, and like, Split pea soup, I think, is one of my favorite soups because you cook it down so long that you can just, like, re-thicken it up with some extra broth for days afterwards because Mm, it'll cook mm -hmm. down really thick. And then it almost serves as, like, a soup starter for soup for the rest of the week. you know that that's that's what peas porridge is from that, like, nursery rhyme? Peas porridge in the pot nine days old. Oh, my God, that makes sense. Because, no, that's literally where that comes from, is because in Ireland and the UK, they used to eat a lot of pea soup because peas are pretty cold hardy. You know, it's like a good, you can dry them out, which is obviously very helpful if you're a peasant because you can just have your, you know, big stoneware crock of dried peas for the winter. Uh, And they would, yeah, they would just have the same pot and you'd add some peas and add some shit and just keep it going and put it on the fire every night. And Oh my uh, god, yeah, this is like our deep ancestral DNA just knew that that's what you're supposed to do with split pea soup. uh Uh-huh. You just put it back on the fire the next day. Maybe you add some more broth. Maybe you throw in some potatoes, you know. You can mix it up. You're blowing my fucking mind right now. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's peas porridge. Um, wow. And uh, and we're and we're still doing it. Um, to this because, day, because no, I was actually I texted you about this that like poverty food is 
elite in so many ways. It's like dipping bread into a tasty thing is never going to not be good. No, you're you're 100% right. Like, honestly, using carbs as a utensil is superior to actual utensils. It really is. It really is. Well, because I was talking about um, one our sort of college age cooking atrocity that is taco mess. You um, say atrocity. I say visionary. It really is. Um, so taco mess, if you don't know, is where you basically take and it always is um, instant Mexican rice because has to be instant. Has to be has to be instant, right? Like it comes in a little packet. You just add the water, right? And then you just put whatever taco shit you want and you just add it to it, right? Could be refried beans, could be a little taco seasoned ground beef, um, could be a handful of cheese. Uh, it's you could really... do it with scrambled eggs for breakfast taco mess. Right. And then, you know, it's just kind of like a goopy taco flavored thing that you then eat with raw tortillas. Um, and it's uh, it's it's an incredible dinner that I sometimes still do to this day because I'm lazy. Yeah, um, it's great. But, and it's but no, versatile. But no, back to soup recipes. I will say one of my favorite soups that I, I literally bought my immersion blender to make this soup is uh, curry red lentil soup. I do uh, just have to vouch for like the importance. If you are a soup gal, invest in an immersion blender. I promise it's worth it. Oh my gosh. Well, cause it's like butternut squash soup. Like mm. truly. I, I actually have been, I'm like waiting for payday to hit because it's literally, um, Usually it's early, but it's the weekend, so it's like, ugh. But I've been wanting to make butternut squash soup. Ooh, I love because it. it's I mean, time. I like to make a, a good cream of potato soup with my immersion blender. Oh, I just love potato soup. Speaking of the Irish, yeah. speaking of the Irish, I, 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 I'm obsessed with potato soup. It's one of my top favorite soups. I like to do... Um, sort of my take on a potato soup, right? First of all, I do like to keep it just a little bit chunky. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I like to have bits of potato in there. And I kind of rough peel my potatoes. So I- I, I feel am, like, yeah, it's like the way that the best mashed potatoes are made. Right, it's because I do not want whole chunks of like potato peel- in my soup or in my mashed potatoes, but I want to, I want it to still be recognizable that this is in fact a potato. Yeah, it's like a little surprise appeal once in a bit. I, and I, you know what? I even like on a baked potato, like a really like a baked potato that's baked in like a campfire. The peel is the best part. Oh, I mean, salt crusted baked potatoes. Sign me up. Yeah. Anyway, I'm digressing. My take uh, on a potato soup is I like to put a little hot sesame oil and a shit ton of green onion into Ooh. my potato soup. And that's oh. like, it's, it's you know, just the littlest personal touch, but that has gotten me through. Anytime I get sick, I literally, I make that and I'm cured. 
well, has there it, you have it, it. It hasn't failed me yet. I mean, who needs herbal remedies when you have potato soup? Well, I feel like potato soup. And also, folks, uh, newsflash. I am, I have a lot of French ancestry. So I'm putting a, a, a whole head of garlic, maybe more, into my potato oh, soup. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm all about garlic. I have so much. I have a, I have thyme growing in the garden right now and sage and rosemary and all of those things, in addition to being good in soups, are also antimicrobial. <laughs> so they're also like genuinely good for you. And isn't it, isn't it great how nature made them delicious so that we would want to eat them and get all of those benefits? I mean, you know, sometimes she'd be looking out, even though we do not return the favor. Yeah. But anyway, um, I also do have to give, I, I have to give a shout out again to the curry red lentil soup um, because it's so easy. And red lentils are an uh, underrated. Are, are, are lentils legumes? Yeah. It's an underrated I think legume. So. Well, now I'm questioning everything. I'm pretty sure. But all of that to say, it's definitely soup season. Uh, I also, I, uh, honorable mention to the chicken paprikash I made the other night. Ooh, yum. Because I don't know if y'all know, but chicken paprikash is basically like chicken and bell pepper stew. And you slow cook it. And you put sour cream in at the end, and it's just like pepper flavored chicken soup. And it's so good. And literally, speaking of split pea soup, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like if you just make the stew itself, you know, you can just make some noodles one night, you can serve it with bread another night, you can do whatever and just have it all week, which is what I did. And I was really proud of myself because I ate all of my leftovers for once in my fucking life. I mean, that's impressive. That's how you know it was really dang. Yeah, because, you know, when you're on, like, day four of a pot of beans, you're like, okay, we get it. Beans. All right? Like, I'm done. Um, but, so, also, candle absurdism. I feel like you engage in this as well, where I have so many candles per square foot in my house that it literally increases the temperature of the room. Yes. First, can confirm that uh, lentils are legumes. Very important. In um, incredible. But I think that for me, it, it's a problem because I love too many candles and so does Eric. So we actually now have two full trays of candles on the coffee table plus multiple candles on the dining room table and we have candles that don't fit in the trays. So, um, yeah, I love candles. Well, I, but I do, I, I, I like too many candles. Well, yeah, because why would you light one candle? Who am I, a sociopath? Yeah, fuck one candle. I want like 20 of them going at once. I want it to look like the Hogwarts dining hall up in this bitch. I mean, look, if you don't get Anne Rice vibes when I'm lighting candles, then it's not enough. <laughs> I want people to walk into my living room and be like, is this safe? Exactly. And the answer is 
maybe. Although I do have to be careful because Hex almost like lit his fucking whiskers on fire. That dumbass is way too candle curious. Mm, See, and like, there it is. Because it's like, gotta keep it safe for the kitties. But I will say, I also love like a little enclosed candle holder. I always pick them up at Ikea. Whenever, every time I go to Ikea, for some reason, candles are on sale and candle holders are on sale, which leads me to believe that they're either always on sale or they just say that they're on sale to make you buy them. Or they wait until you're coming in to put out the candle sale sign. Um, I, you know, I, I'm really not sure, but I feel like every time I go to Ikea, it is a candle sale and the under, the under my sink is literally packed with tea lights because i have so many little enclosed tea light holders um which also makes it a little safer for the kitties though yeah i have a stack of like tea lights and um candlesticks on my like utility shelf in the kitchen closet like the tr- it we call it the trash closet because that's where the trash can is but it's our utility closet and we have literally one of the shelves is like half candles (laughs) as it should be as it should be and also it's like they had a little a a scented candle sale at heb recently and so i was just like yeah i'm buying like five pumpkin pie scented candles because because of course you are i got um an olive olive leaf oud candle the other day and it smells so fancy I, okay, I will say the best candle that I bought recently was literally, like, a wood, it was, like, a wood-scented candle, like, I think is what it, what it was, but it actually smelled like a cedar chest. Ooh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes those candles that say that they're, like, woods-scented I I don't know what it is, but it's like not it. It's like so sweet. I guess it's like like candied pine or something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so like overly they take sugar and put liquid smoke in it, and they're like, it's wood now. It's wood, and it's like I do not know what that smell is supposed to be. But this one, it did smell like a cedar chest, and I was like, of course, I went back to see if they still had it, and they had literally switched it to Christmassy, the the more Christmassy kind of candles already and i was like well screw that but which i don't love except i do love the fur scented stuff that comes out this time of year mm, mm-hmm. i fucks no. with a fur scented candle but no it's like literally candles for days scented ca- i i love a scented candle i'm sorry it's like i'm i will never not buy scented candles there's no ethical consumption under capitalism like i'm gonna yeah, buy this like candle. is it quote unquote toxic sure but my body's full of microplastics i want it to smell like a sea breeze in the summer and like mahogany teak wood in the fall okay but i did love and i know you probably saw it too that tiktok about uh sort of the varying degrees of realism in the bed bath and beyond sense where it's like yes where it's like like sea breeze you know like yeah you know like 
maybe it's reminiscent of like being by the sea and it's supposed to smell like you know probably like fresh linen and like salt um and then the ones where it's like celebrate what is that what does that smell like what is (laughs) you know um but no i actually kind of speaking of scented candles i wanted to talk a little bit about herbal teas just in general um because i i will say i will say two things i really got into the barley tea when we were in japan oh i do love barley tea and um i had been thinking about buying some barley tea blends um but also it's really making me want as well like coming home at night and kind of like taking my little walk from the bus stop i'm very much like it would be so nice to have a little cup of herbal tea when i get home and so now i'm like what do i even get i've been a big chamomile guy in the past really like the like toasty flavor of the barley tea Mm. now i just want but barley tea but also, I loved that one you got me in the three pack of like the magical glittery teas. Oh yeah. And there was Those one in good. there. There was one in there that was like an elderberry hibiscus. And that one was so good. Mm. I um, like, I mean. If I'm going to talk about herbal teas, um, Wild Tara, who I adore, makes this tea that I actually bought for my friend who doesn't do caffeine. It's a blue chai. And so it's got butterfly pea flowers in it, uh, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, star anise, clove, and pink peppercorns. Okay, but tell me why I want that as a hot toddy. Like... Oh, because you're correct. I mean, I I feel I like that. Like, I, that is your like bedtime hot toddy. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about like something that could also be a hot toddy, they have a tea that it's a Mexican chocolate rooibos, and it's red rooibos, cinnamon, chili, and chocolate flavor. Oh. Honestly, I feel like that with a bit of coffee liqueur, even. Yeah, put some Kahlua in that shit. Well, put some Kahlua in there. Because newsflash, people, they're not using caffeinated coffee to make coffee liqueur. Look it up. No. Give it a Google, y'all. We live in the year 2023. Almost 2024. Ooh. Okay, so hard hard uh segue here social media cleansing i feel like this year and i know everyone says this and it's like so annoying when people talk about it but like i think i'm gonna do a bit of a social media cleanse for like maybe the the holiday season as just like a general kind of rule of thumb because i you know do i get- love that because I do get really bad season, seasonal depression. And I'm like, honestly, my relationship with social media in general is very, like, toxic and time-consuming. So 
I should but, probably know, I just feel like the holidays are actually a really good time to do that too, because like think about all the shit that gets sold to us now oh. through the beginning of the year. It really, it really is. It really is that time of year where everything is a is a money grab. But it's also just like the you know, everyone going on their trips and posting their little, you know, with their families and, and all the shit. And it's just like, I don't, I don't really want to see that. Like, maybe I sound like the Grinch, but. Yeah, it's like, it can be very toxic. And, you know, I think for anyone who also has any sort of body image issues, you're also getting like really gross, very like, mentally unwell sort of shit directed at you around the holidays going into the new year too about like your body and like wear tight pants so you don't eat overeat at thanksgiving and it's like that's also just not good for your brain no and it's the really yeah it's like um the disordered eating conversation around holiday meals is very like cuz i mean and I will say, like, I think the women in my family definitely are like people who I sort of self-diagnose as having disordered relationships with food. Um, and myself having pretty disordered relationship with food. It's just like, yeah, it's like, you know, you're expected to not only put on the spread, but then not eat too much. And it's like, it's a feast. It's literally a feasting holiday. It's like, shut the fuck up shut the fuck up like yeah it's you are expected to make 400 different dishes but god forbid you eat a bite over being just sated yeah it's literally insane it's 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 i yeah but you know i personally i love it because i'm like yeah i'm gonna eat like three plates what do you mean it's literally yeah, it's that like, thing. This is, but why wouldn't you eat a little bit of everything? Mm hmm. But also, yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to see people on a ski vacation either, like with the weird sort of economic aspect. It's like, oh, yeah, like the world is literally on fire, but yeah, and just go skiing. Sure. Yeah. Have fun. Sure, just go end. skiing, you know? Yeah. Um. Yup. But I will also say, I think what gets me with the whole mental health social media thing this time of year is all of like the kind of cringy couple content that's posted around the holidays. Oh, all the cuffing it's... season. Oh my god, cuffing season is so real. So to all of my, uh, you know, gays and and theys and indie babies out there that fuck around with men in queer spaces, um, avoid the cuffing season trap. It is a trap. Yeah. It is absolutely the weather. I don't know why people think they can trust these men that are just hoeing around the whole rest of the year to be like, no, you know, it's like, 
I'm interested in like see you know being a little more exclusive and it's like no uh-uh uh-uh Fuck, yeah, fuck it's like, that. bitch, come back to me on February 15th. <laughs> Literally. Because I have been cuffed before, and that shit, that's that's wrong. Because I didn't even, I didn't even realize what had happened until after the fact. And I was like, oh, that's literally what that what just happened to me. Um Yeah, it's so, so yeah, beware the cuff. But wear the cup. Also, yeah, this would not this is would not be a great time to be like doing online dating. Cause I feel like I I feel like straight people do the cuff too, though. You know? Oh, yeah. Cause you you Because yeah. I mean, it's like you just want someone to drink at home with because you're not going out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely universal human experience. But then as soon as the weather's warm enough for shorts again, it's like, okay, I'm going to go be a hoe again. And, and then it's like, oh, that hurts my feelings. So. But nah. Mm. Um, well, I did the tarot scope this week. Yeah. Which, because you got me this really beautiful oracle bag, which again, you know, it's a, not a visual medium. Shut up. But it is it is very cute, very me, and it's called Liquid Morden, Mordens. Um, and I actually drew Virgo this week. So this one is literally for you. Um, Aww. Which I did not plan. I did use the little Zodiac cards. But I was actually really glad that it was Virgo because I feel like for kind of this Oracle deck's first ride out, it's like I, I'm closer to Virgos than almost any other sign. Like, obviously you're a Virgo. My roommate's a Virgo. Um, yeah, so I, you know, got a lot of Virgo energy around me. And I was like, oh, this is a good one because it's like I can really imagine Virgos doing this uh, with this new deck. So um, for y'all, I got the Butterfly and Snowdrop, which uh, here's what it says. Um, a period of hardship is coming to a close and better days are ahead. Take heart in signs of the coming thaw. Which is funny that we've been talking about nesting and getting ready for the winter. But I think, you know, symbolically, it is the the end of a hard time. Which, you just got a new job. So I feel like that kind of, kind of tracks for you. Yeah, I just got a new job. And, you know, my partner just had, like, a really great first round interview. So hopefully, I mean that would be a great end to a shitty era if Eric were able to get a new job. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it's things are, things are on the up and up, which is so nice. And, but also the, the butterfly, I'm like, no shit. I'm going to get this butterfly tattooed because I've been wanting to get a butterfly tattoo. And I do like the little, the little artwork on the card. Like this would be such a cute tattoo. Oh. I know I'm not really selling it, but. 
just know it's really cute no i'm glad you um, liked it I when i saw a- that deck i was like oh i was like this just has like big nick vibes I feel like it's giving kind of like a little bit of Artemis, which I like, because it's like this kind of like Hunter Green on the back or like somewhere between Hunter and Sage. Mm. Which is funny. It's almost the exact same color as my side table, which is which is aesthetic as fuck. So (laughs) very, very, very good job. Very good job to you. Uh, Yay. But. Okay, so what do we say to all the cozy fall bitches out there? Ah, uh, to all of you cozy bitches, we say, blessed be you cozy bitches. Blessed be bitches. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. I dropped the uh, primer in the kitchen and it exploded all over me. Oh, I see it. You're a bit flecky. Yeah. Um, it's very annoying, <laughs> but it's fine. I just have to clean it all up after this, which will be um a delight.